Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. It is a new semester and we have started a new series on the book of Ephesians. Today, Caleb continues our series by looking at Ephesians chapter 5. Justification comes before sanctification. This message was recorded on February 9th, 2023 at the Columbine Suites at the UC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are, leave as a new creation. Alrighty, guys. I hope y'all shared some of God's goodness with another person today. Sweet. We'll have y'all come back this way, this way. Do I need to, like, what is it? One, two, three, eyes on me. Uh, no, no. <laughs> nope. All right. nope, nope, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. Cool, all right, guys. So what's the next announcement? Prayer, yeah! Yes, come on, guys. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. So every week it zooms in more, if you can tell. Yeah, so uh, I lead prayer every Tuesday. Uh, so we meet over at the CC. You go straight through these doors. It's room 2200. You can find me there on Tuesdays and uh, make some room for prayer, guys. Yeah, if yeah you let's guys, go. Let's go. If you guys stick around long enough, we'll all eventually be able to see the molecular structure of Jake Peck. That's right. I think that's, that's something right. we all want to see. That's Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Our next announcement is our contact table. Woo! Woo! Yeah, we have contact tables every Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday is 9.30 to 12.30, and uh, Thursdays at the Student Commons at Ames Campus at 10 to 1. So y'all should come out, make some new friends with us. Yeah. Come on, we, got, we aren't going to find fish if we don't go fishing, y'all. That's right. Amen. Come on. All right. Hey, what is this T-shirt? We got new T-shirts, guys. Come on. Heck, it looks like yeah, you have yeah, one, too. No. Oh. Yeah, whoa. Whoa! All right, guys. Yeah, so we have new T-shirts right over here. You can buy them for ten dollars. We do uh, Venmo, cash. Is is that it? Do we do more? It's only ten dollars. All of it. All yeah. What? Yeah, it's only ten dollars. Yeah, can you believe that? Cool. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Yes, you can. Yeah. All right, there we go. I expect I expect those shirts to be bought. I expect you to buy shirts at least. Then that'll be your receipt as a hug. All right, what else we got? Cool, cool, cool. Next one is going to be our Chi Alpha After Dark. The normal is we go get tacos, and then we go out somewhere tonight. We're hanging out at Zoe's. So come come get food, or go get food, and then come meet us for some games, y'all. We played Werewolf last week, and it was was top-notch. It was good. It was good. All right, what else? Offering! Yeah! Yes, guys, come on. Yeah, yep, yep, it's a thing, it's a thing. Yeah, so guys, hey, if you feel like this is a place where you get fed, uh, please give, guys. It goes to all the events we run. We do uh, the Galentine's event we did. It goes to that. Right? Wasn't that great? Dudes? Yeah? Yeah! All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. if you guys feel in your heart to give uh, joyfully, uh, feel free to give. And it it goes straight back to the ministry. It goes straight back to you guys. It doesn't go to staff. We have our own source of income. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead and give if you feel called to. And I'm going to go ahead and pray over it, all right? 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the hearts that are giving, God, and we thank you so much for your support and for uh, your provision. God, and we thank you so much for a body of believers in this age group that can just come together and worship you through giving, worship you through praise, God, and just worship you through community, God. And so we thank you for your provision. We thank you for the events, God, and we thank you for all you provide. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, come on. It's a good way to worship, y'all. All right. Now, what you guys are all here for, right? Yep. I would like to welcome up all of our really good friend, but mainly Samantha's, Caleb. Yeah, come on, Caleb. Come on. Come on. Awesome. Well, good evening, Chi Alpha. You're really cool. <laughs> well, good evening, Kai Alpha. How we doing tonight? <laughs> I said, how we doing tonight? <laughs> oh, no. I love you too, George. I love you too. Well, guys, I have been so excited to come here tonight. It really is such an honor to be amongst you guys and to see each and every one of you this evening. I, I truly do enjoy it. How many of you guys have enjoyed our series through Ephesians so far? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been so good. Well, you know, like we say, when, uh, in our first, in our fall semester, we like to, uh, we like to start out, you know, nice and easy to, to ease us all in. But then in the spring semester, we like to dig in and we like to get into the meat. All right. And so when we study into, into the Bible, we study, we like to study, uh, books and we get to go through it together and we really get to dig in deep to see what God is saying. All right. Amen. So, we are now in Ephesians 5, and see, as we've gone through Ephesians, we've gone through chapter by chapter, because there would just be so much to try and fit the whole book into, uh, into one sermon. But I urge you guys to read this book on your own, to really go in on your own time, because let me all know that it wasn't until about 500 years ago that the Bible started adding chapters and verses into it. You know, and so the uh, the the temptation here is when we read the Bible is to separate the verses from uh, from the, its, their original context, and they were never meant to be read by that. And this is a letter that is written to all believers, and we're supposed to read this in its full context, in its full entirety. So I urge you guys, in your own personal time, to go back and read uh, read Ephesians for yourself. Yeah. All right, well. All right, well, well, and one of the reasons I say the, uh, the, I'll talk about the chapters here is because the way the chapters are divided don't always make a ton of sense. How many of y'all know that, right? All right, so, when, so this is a, chapter 5 and chapter 6 are no exception here. There is a, there's, we're going to have to bleed a little bit into chapter 6. Are y'all okay with that? Okay. All right. Now... So the first three chapters of Ephesians, remember when, when Duncan started this off, and then uh, we went to Mark, and then we went to Peter, who all preached amazing sermons on, on the first three chapters, right? Those are all about the theology. Yep. Y'all realize that? First, the Ephesian is split really nicely right into two halves, actually. The first three chapters are, are really good about theology. It's about what God has done for us. Now, these last three chapters... Are all ab- are are a little bit different. Paul shifts his mentality to focus on the on the believers. It's what we do in response. Right. See, it's a vi- it's actually very good correlation to how our Christian walk is. Our belief comes before our behavior. Yeah. 
Yeah? We do not work for grace. We work from grace. You see? It is our justification that comes before our sanctification. What Jesus has done for us all is, all is first and foremost. We do not work for grace. We do not work for what God has done for us because he's already done it. Well, there's nothing that we can offer God other than our lives. Other than we believe in him and we come to him first. See, it is of the utmost importance we have both parts. That we do believe in Jesus. That we put our faith in him. That we go to him completely. And then he changes us. And then we walk out our holy lives. See, this, it's very important that we have both parts. And it's also equally as important that we do not get these out of order. Because every single other religion in the world, your sanctification becomes first, and then, you, then you're justified before whatever deity it may be. But the, what, what Jesus has done for us, he has justified us first. He's justified you first. He's made you in right standing with God so that we can be holy. All right, so let's, let's read in our, let's read. So Ephesians 5, starting in verse 1, says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma, for fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named among you as it is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dis dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in in your heart to the lord giving thanks always for all things to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ submitting to one another in the fear of god dear heavenly father thank you so much for this time together god we ask that you speak to us God, make our hearts willing. Soften our hearts to hear what you have to say tonight. Jesus, we love you. Amen. See, something I really wanted to point out when we, talk, when we read this chapter. Did you, see, did you notice one of the words that Paul uses a lot? He uses walk. He talks about the Christian walk. He used it once before in uh, chapter 4, which uh, Jake preached on last week. But he, he says it a lot more times in, in this chapter. 
He says, walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom. And so why would Paul be talking so much about the walk? You see, there really is nothing special about walking. You really just take one foot, you put it about 18 inches in front of the other, take another step, another step, another step. A child can do it. A a child does do it. And it's simple, and that's the idea of it. It's simple, and it's consistent. See, Paul is not saying to jump in love or to leap in wisdom or to dance in the light, which there's places for that. Thursday nights are, and are very appropriate for, for such a time. But the normal Christian walk is not always the leaping and the jumping. It's not always the dancing. It's the walk. It's a consistency. One of my favorite songs is by uh, Rich Mullins, He's, and it's called, it just goes, Step by step, you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. See, we step. It's the walk. One step at a time is how we live holy lives. It's how we live holy and blameless. You see, our justification comes before our sanctification. Our relationship to Jesus comes before we can imagine living a holy life. See, we throw this word around in Christian circles a lot. Holy it's all throughout the Bible. And so when you're in church, you probably should hear about the word holy a lot. See, I grew up in church, and I heard this word a bunch, but if I'm being honest, I couldn't tell you what it really meant. You know, And I'm sure some of you couldn't really tell me what it really means. But that's okay. So we, before we can talk about being holy, we have to talk about what holiness is. You see? See, we have a typical view in the Western world when we talk about holiness. We think of somebody who's holy. You think of a holy man, kind of somebody who's holier than thou. It's almost an insult. You know? Like, I remember uh, watching any, any TV show, really, if, about somebody who's depicted as holy. It's like they are either just kind of a nice guy, but kind of stupid, <laughs> or they're a hypocrite. And so you don't really see uh, an, a positive representation of holiness. And so unfortunately, that's kind of bled into our thoughts. Uh, we're not really sure what somebody holy is. Kind of we think, oh, he's, he's a holy guy, you know, bless his heart. It's, he's kind of nice. <laughs> but that's, that's the Western viewpoint. To contrast, there's the Eastern viewpoint of holiness, where somebody who is holy is somebody who is wise. And so you go to a holy man to seek their wisdom, but not necessarily their morality. You see, a holy man in the East may offer good advice, but he also may abuse his disciples. So for us to completely understand holiness, we need to marry these two schools of thought. And we need to know that holiness is both wise and good. God is both wise and good. See, God tells us, be holy as I am holy. We need to walk in wisdom and goodness. Be wise and good. God's laws and commandments are good and wise. See, we like to say in Chi Alpha that we say God's laws are a description of reality from an infinite perspective. See, we say, that, we say this a lot, but it's true. And so if God's laws are a description of reality then following them is not only just morally good, but it's also wise. 
You see, I'm going to say that again. If God's laws truly are descriptions of reality, then following his laws are not only morally good, but they're also wise. That, to follow God's laws is to have this step-by-step in goodness and wisdom, to walk in goodness and wisdom. So you see, Paul gives us uh, some practical applications on how to live good and wise. You see, in, for, in, it starts in, in verse 3, but it's just, it's simple. It's nothing that we, we haven't heard before, nothing that any of us would really disagree with. But it's just simple stuff. It's simple as you don't sleep around. You do not have sex with anybody who is not your spouse. Do not make inappropriate jokes. You see, guys, when, uh, when, we, when we start following Jesus, there's just some natural things that start occurring. You see, when a Christian first follows Jesus, they, like, you don't always have to tell somebody to, hey, now, once you follow Jesus, hey, quit smoking, quit chewing, don't go with any other girls <laughs> that, uh, that are in a, you know, yeah. <laughs> know where I'm at. <laughs> but you see, the idea <laughs> is that when this, is that it's a walk, and that when Jesus, when we, when a Christian follow, starts following Jesus, that Jesus changes our minds and changes our attitudes. Our humor is different. The shows we used to watch all of a sudden aren't, don't have the same ring to them anymore. And so, as we draw close to Jesus, our minds begin to change. You know, that's what repentance means. It's a word metanoia, which means to have a changed mind. And as we draw close to Jesus, that's when that's what repentance happens. We change our mind. We can change our thoughts about, about sin, about the way we used to feel. But this only happens when we draw close to Christ. Holiness only happens when we are close to Christ. When someone is close to Christ, they long to be with fellow believers. It's one of the other natural, uh, natural progressions of being a believer. Well, I rededicated my life to Jesus when I was a junior in college, when I was in Chi Alpha. And at the time, I had a job where I worked every single Sunday. And before, I didn't think, I didn't think much of it. Going to church was just kind of a... Well, if I make it, I do. If I don't, I don't. But I had no desire to go, really. It kind of bored me for the most part. But after Jesus transformed me, there's something happened. I missed going to church. <laughs> I missed being with other believers. I, it wasn't that I, I started despising my friends who, uh, who weren't with Jesus, but I just didn't care to be around them as much. I didn't care to be around, around sin as much. I wanted to be with those who were living holy lives, those who were living righteously and actually doing what they, what, what they preached. They were actually living out what a Christian life should look like. And before, I thought it was just theory, if I'm being completely honest. I did not think that Christians could actually walk out right, at least nobody my age. I've, I'd, seen repre- I'd seen people who were older and who... Uh, who were living righteously, and I always thought that was just something for an older generation. So like maybe I'll change my mind about things when I get when I get older. But then when I when I joined Chi Alpha, seeing students, people my age, that were striving to live for Jesus, 
in the middle of a secular campus. I'd never seen that. In a place where there's no pressure to do so, other than they just wanted to live for Jesus. You see, when Christ renews our minds, the things of this world that used to satisfy us are suddenly bland and gross. Living righteously is suddenly attractive. I'm sure many of you in this room have been through where I've been, where you think about living a holy life, and that does just seem like theory. It doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible to, to live righteously or to seek God in everything that you do. I didn't understand that living for Christ is a walk. It wasn't about the big steps you take. It's about the next step. But you see, Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is impossible to live a holy life without first resting in Christ. It is impossible to live a holy life without first resting in Christ. You will never feel clean without first resting in Christ. Our justification comes before our sanctification. Our belief must come before our behavior. I heard a story from a, uh, from a missionary one time, and she was telling a story about how she went to have dinner with some friends after she'd been on the field for a number of months or years. I can't remember how long. But they asked her, they wanted to know, hey, what did you give up for following Jesus? What was the cost that you had to give up for following Jesus? And she looked at them, said she had a moment of clarity. And just with a straight face said, nothing. I gave up nothing. I traded filthy rags for beautiful garments. I traded worthless trinkets for bars of gold. You see, when I think about my own life with Jesus, what did I give up to really start following Jesus? I gave up some some lame party on a Friday night. <laughs> Give up some, just fr- some friendships that they never cared about you in the first place. You give up and you find something so much more precious and so much more valuable than you could ever imagine. Guys, when I gave my life to Jesus, I remember the morning I woke up, the day after. That was the first time I can honestly say I felt clean. That was the only way I could describe it. I just felt clean. I didn't, I didn't have to live in shame. I didn't have to live that where, where there's any guilt. I just felt clean because I knew God. I met him. <laughs> we can know him. If you read the Old Testament, you'll see a bunch of laws. And some of them make no sense for anybody today. 613 laws that a Jew was supposed to follow. Now, are we under that law? Not, not really. See, but where, where Jews found comfort in the law, 
because you knew exactly how far you could go. You knew exactly where that line is. And the New Testament is very basic. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, body, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's very basic. And then we find ourselves still asking, yeah, but how far can I go before it's considered sin? Or you start asking, where is the line? How many drinks is too much? Can I still do blank and still be a Christian? See, there was that safety net that believers found in the law, where it was like you knew exactly where it was. Like, well, maybe you couldn't follow it, but at least you knew where, where it was. But you see, it's completely different. Is this loving God? Is this loving people? You see, one of my one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite passages of scripture is found in Acts fifteen. A couple verses here. It just says, uh, it says, it seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send men, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. And a couple verses later, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from the things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these, you will do well. Farewell. It seemed good to us. It seemed good to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. See, I know uh, I, I, I hear this question a lot. Like I used to ponder this question a bunch too. But there's a, it's the, it was like, well, we, when we get to heaven, will we be free? Will we have free will? Will we be able to do whatever we want to? Does that include sin? Will we be able, will we have the free will to sin when we get to heaven? And what I truly believe is this, that we will have the freedom not to. We'll have the freedom not to. See, true freedom is not the freedom to do whatever we want, but the freedom not to. True freedom is not the freedom to do whatever we want, but the freedom to do what pleases God. Freedom. This is the kind of freedom that God wants to bring us into. I, it seemed good to us. <laughs> it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. So we did it. That's freedom <laughs> right there. That's freedom. You know, one of Paul's favorite words for, for Christians, it's found uh, later it's found it's found in uh all throughout his letters but he says he calls us slaves bond servants bond servants of Christ slaves to Christ Jesus and then Paul says in Romans if you read that that we are either slaves to God or we are slaves to sin we don't have a choice of whether we're going to be slaves to uh, uh where we're going to be slaves but we do have a choice of which master we serve so in that case I believe in slavery, you know? <laughs> amen? <laughs> no amens for slavery. Awesome. <laughs> Not slavery from for a human to another human. <laughs> but slavery, we're either slave to Christ or a slave to sin. <laughs> 
Goodness. We have the choice of which master we serve. One's going to leave us empty and unsatisfied, and the other is going to offer this true freedom, the freedom to deny ourselves. Not true freedom, not the freedom to do whatever we want, but to do what pleases God. Now, towards the end of chapter 5, Paul is wrapping up this letter. Now, you guys remember from Duncan's first message how this book is not, or this letter really, was not necessarily meant to be written to a uh, particular church. It was a general letter written around the same time as Colossians, and it was meant for many believers in that certain area. And so when Paul leaves at the end of his letter, this is normally when he starts uh, talking to different people and specifically, hey, Tell Jim I said hi, or you know, something like that. But this is not this is not what he's talking about here. He, in fact, he leaves the, he leaves his, his final greetings, and it's a comprehensive list, or at least it's meant to be. But it says this. I'm gonna you put the put the put on the screen here. It says this: Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, and as also Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants or slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service to, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave are free, and you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master is also in heaven, that there is no partiality with him. I remember when I one of the first times I read this book, I I, I didn't quite understand, you know, where where each of these fell in, until I understood that these were the final greetings that these were comprehensive to everybody. 
And so when I was, when I was a, in college and I was reading this one morning and just asking God, what, is, what, is, what does this mean? And he, when he showed me that this was a comprehensive list. And so I started thinking, where do I fall into on this? Wives, husbands, not me. Children, not really a child anymore. Don't live with my parents. Not a parent. I'm not really in charge of anybody. Where does that leave me? So then I read that again. Said bond servants. Caleb, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does, he'll receive the same thing from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Do you guys have earthly masters? Do you guys have people that, you're, that, are, ahead, that are over you? My wife. <laughs> 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 <Or the> wife. <laughs> Oh, George. <laughs> but, we, I, but I would say all of us have, those, have people that are in charge of us. People that we need to submit to and are really not good at submitting to all the time. Yeah, it's like, have you, if you have ever read, read Daniel, you'll know that he submitted to his earthly masters, except when it came to the gospel and when it came to, to God. That's when he would push back. But everything else, as quite honestly, when you're at work, most things are not going to be directly controversial to what, to what God says. But how often do we want to obey our own masters? What kind of a witness would it be is if we as Christians, we as believers... We're to submit to our masters like this, to our bosses, we don't, if we don't like the word masters, <laughs> to those ahead of us, those in charge of us, to our professors, that we do what they say and we do it quickly to be a representation of how we submit to God. And that's hard. That's, that's definitely not easy. You see... This all comes back full circle, though. We can only do this if we know Christ. Justification comes before sanctification. Praise team, you can come on back up. Our justification comes before our sanctification. There may be some of you in this room that have no idea how to live a holy life that you couldn't even imagine living perfectly you couldn't imagine going a day without sin a week without sin a month without sin you couldn't and much less living a life without sin i will tell you it is always going to be impossible if you don't know jesus 
you will never be free from sin. You will never be free from anything unless you come to Jesus first. So a couple people I'm talking to tonight. There are those of you who you know that you're not living a holy life. And you say you love Jesus. You say, yes, I believe. Yes, I know Jesus. Amen. I raise my hands in worship. I, I pray every day. I read my Bible. But I do not know Jesus. I do not live the way that I should be. It's not about what you do because you cannot earn God's love. But I would encourage you, take this time. The Bible says in James that if to confess your sins to one another, that confess your sins to one another. So, guys, if you are here tonight and that you know that you are struggling with some things, Guys, do not keep it to yourself because you will never be free from it. But I want to encourage all of you guys to draw close to Jesus. Second group of people I'm talking to, of course, is if you know you're not living holy, but you also don't know Jesus. And that you want to start following with Jesus. You want this freedom. You want to wake up in the morning feeling clean. You want to wake up feeling different to know that there is something new and transformed. I would encourage you to talk with your small group leader. Talk with whoever brought you. Talk with somebody here. But for now, let's just take some time and go seek the Lord. And to repent. And to ask God to change our minds. To have us, to, for us to have a renewed mind. So Jesus, we love you. Jesus, thank you so much for each and every person gathered here today. God, that we ask that you reveal what's in our hearts. If there are sins that we are struggling with, God, Lord, let us confess them to one another. Let us be completely blameless before you. Let us know you deeper than we've ever known you before. Jesus, we love you, and we pray. So as Caleb said, if you need to confess some sins to one another, now's the time. If you've got some unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, it's a good idea to um, get that right, right? For the rest of us, let's just stand up and we're going to end the night by praising the Lord. For more information, please visit XAUNC.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash XAUNC. Our Instagram handle is at XAUNC, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.